Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis. Anybody that can kill a child is capable of killing anybody. Who killed 14-year-old Jabez Spann? Sarasota police are still looking for answers in the teen's disappearance and death five years later. Some say Jabez Spann witnessed a murder and was silenced. Sarasota police still trying to piece together what happened to the teen. He was found dead in 2019 after he was last seen alive at a Labor Day party two years earlier. Here's his mom, Tawana Spann. You know, usually people say as the time goes by, it gets, it gets easier, but it, it doesn't. I don't even know how somebody could take a 14-year-old's body and toss it on the side of a road. I don't even know what kind of creature that is. This is a heartbreaking case, and I hope someone out there can help the Sarasota police solve it. Jabez Spann was a 14-year-old. He grew up in Sarasota, Florida, which is on the west coast of Florida. It has white sand beaches. It almost looks like sugar. It's quite a retirement community. But he grew up with his mother and his grandmother. Jabez was described as high-spirited, and he was driven. He loved football. He always had time to help others who were in need. And at the time of his death, Jabez was attending a candlelight vigil for a man from the neighborhood who was killed the week before. He lived with his grandmother while his mom, Tuana, lived in Tampa, Florida. So he was with his grandma. Grandma was raising him. The vigil was held on September 4th, 2017. When Jabez didn't come home after the vigil, the family assumed he was with friends. But when his grandmother learned that he did not show up to school the next day, she panicked. His mom drove down from Tampa and began looking for Jabez with his grandma. When none of Jabez's friends knew where he was, he was reported missing. Then in February of 2019, about a year and a half after he disappeared, a man working along a fence in Manatee County, which is just north of Sarasota County, reported finding skeletal remains, and they were identified as Jabez's through dental records. So while the death was ruled a homicide, the cause of death has not been made public. We don't know how or who killed Jabez Spann. Now, a witness reported seeing Jabez with two other boys around 1 a.m. on September 5th, and it's believed that the teenager disappeared sometime after that. Police initially thought Jabez was a runaway and didn't issue an Amber Alert, and then Florida was hit with Hurricane Irma. That was the hurricane that came up from the bottom of the state, through the Keys, and up through the Everglades, and went all the way up the state. We had, oh my gosh, we had multiple people die at nursing homes in Hollywood, Florida, after their generators failed. There was no air conditioning, and they basically died of heat stroke. And the hospital was like right across the street, directly across the street, with air conditioning and electricity those poor people. But anyway, this happened during Hurricane Irma, and it led to further delays in the authorities looking for Jabez. It was not until September 18, 2017, that the search picked up, and authorities pinged Jabez's phone, and the signal was found in a local neighborhood, but that ended up being a dead end. Investigators then learned of a possible connection between Jabez and the man whose candlelight vigil he had attended. 31-year-old Travis Combs was killed in a botched robbery on August 28, 2017, and three men chased him down in North Sarasota before shooting him. Now, a witness, his name is Reginald Parker, said that apart from him, Jabez was also at the scene and witnessed the crime. 
Apparently, the 14-year-old was leaving his friend's house when he heard the gunshot and exclaimed, oh my God, y'all shot him. However, Reginald later recanted his statement. Once Jabez's remains were found, the family believed that he was killed because he had witnessed the murder. His mom still agonizes over what her son's final moments must have been like. Did he beg? Did he plead with you? Did he yell for someone? Oh, and Jabez's grandmother, who was raising him, Lucille Tillery, spoke to Fox 13. You go to bed every night wondering when you wake up the next day, is somebody going to come around and say, well, so-and-so did this to Jabez. And Jabez's mother and grandmother are not giving up on finding his killer. I really, truly don't think that the people who did this know the magnitude of what, what they did or what they kind of left behind. Tillery says the Sarasota Police Department has been more of a help than the community. They throw my grandson's side row like he was a piece of trash. This is a sorry community. You want us to get out there and say black lives matter? Sure, black lives matter. But what about the kids that's getting killed in our community by our own blacks? They lives matter too. Now, documents show that Span was listed as a witness to the murder of 31-year-old Travis Combs on August 28th. Combs was found dead with a gunshot wound to the upper torso in a grassy lot near 22nd Street and North Orange Avenue in Sarasota. Another witness later charged as an accessory after the fact allegedly said he saw Span walk out of a house nearby as the shooting went down. People think because it's caught and they were snitching, you know, but when it comes down to a child, ain't no rules to that. Sarasota police continue to track leads. We're confident there's somebody in the community that has uh, basically the key that's going to unlock this. So it's basically majorly wrong place at the wrong time for this young boy. And while police received numerous tips over the years, none of them has panned out. The Sarasota Police Department says, quote, this case remains an active, open and ongoing investigation. We're continuing to ask for more information in this death investigation. We've said it from the beginning and we say it again. We believe someone in our community knows something. Someone knows what happened to Jabez. It's just sad that he really is gone. I, I just don't believe it. This childhood friend honored Jabez at his funeral with a praise dance. I mean, when we were dancing, you used to always be the one to do like flips or whatever. It was just fun, fun experience with him. And I just, I miss him. He stood up for me a lot. It's sad because I wanted to say thank you one more time and he's not here to say thank you. He was smart. He was always confident. Like, you know, he always, he was so confident. And I was, I liked that about him because he was like, he would tell me like something's wrong. He'd be like, what's wrong? Even if something wasn't wrong, he'd tell me what's wrong. He still asked me what's wrong. He was just a nice person overall. If you have any information about Span's case, you can reveal the information anonymously to Crime Stoppers at 941-366-8477. There's a $50,000 reward for any information that leads to an arrest and the unsolved murder of Jabez Span. Now, I just wanted to end this episode with a kind of a startling piece of crime news, real crime news coming out of Florida. A newly released video shows Columbia County Sheriff's Office deputies, Columbia County is like Lake City, northern, it's actually north of the University of Florida in Gainesville. It's way up there. They arrested a legally blind man for carrying a cane. What, you say? What's this in your back pocket? The navigational aids. What's the 
And the cuffs were slapped on. Lake City's Jim Hodges was taken into custody by the North Florida cops after tense interaction with them. In the video that you just heard there, that's their body cam video. It's gone viral, by the way. Hodges is approached by one of the deputies who spotted his cane in his back pocket and thought it was a weapon. Now, because he refused to identify himself, which you really need to do, it probably would have solved the whole problem, cops slapped the cuffs on him and arrested him. Now, Hodges is very eager, apparently, to pursue action against the sheriff's office. I don't know if it will work because I do believe that deputies have the right to ask for your identification and also to make sure that you're not carrying a weapon, especially if he's blind, or should I call it a navigational tool? I mean, Hodges did tell the second deputy that he has ID, but he didn't need to show it to the deputies because he hadn't been detained and was not suspected of a crime. Just to be clear though, you're only expected to identify yourself to Florida law enforcement officers, that would be police officers and sheriff's deputies, not immigration or FBI agents, when you are stopped on suspicion of a crime or a traffic violation. If you don't have identification documents, you may choose to remain silent. And at that point, both deputies placed him under arrest. While in handcuffs, Hodges repeatedly asked for the deputies' names and badge numbers. He also explains that he was walking in the dark to get to jury duty. I have jury duty tonight, <coughs> which is why he was carrying the cane. The 61-year-old Hodges was booked into the Columbia County Jail on Halloween morning and was not released until 10.30 the next morning. The only charge he faces is resisting an officer. By the way, retaliatory arrest or arresting someone because they've made a cop angry is illegal under the U.S. Constitution, but the U.S. Supreme Court seems to have a differing opinion. Hodges does seem eager to pursue action against the sheriff's office. He shared on Facebook that, quote, he has some very easy work for the right civil litigator. So... I'll keep you posted on that one. And you can go to my Full Rigor Podcast Instagram page to see a photo of young Jabez Span. And if you have any information, I have the phone number there for you to call. Thanks for listening to this episode of Full Rigor. Remember to download, subscribe, and give me five stars if you liked it. And until next time, that wraps up Full Rigor. Thanks for listening.